Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. So, updates this week. Um, we've had a few awesome things happen, um, mainly from you guys, actually. So, uh, first of all, uh, we just finished a couple of case studies, one with uh, Ija, who's one of our, I would say, one of our most high-performing clients right now. She is just smashing through the method, and she's given so much to the community, the Mandarin Blueprint Method community, that is, and... Um, she has done something pretty darn cool. I mean, I already knew this girl was smart, but she she is also a coder, I didn't know this, and she's written some code for our EPUBs. So for those of you that are fairly deep in the method, that's, I would say after phase four, um, you start getting conversations, dialogues, stories in Chinese, all of which you can read because it's made tailor-made for where you are in the method. Well, we give you these EPUBs, which are sort of nice, uh, sort of a PDF style uh, documents with the audio, both male and female at two different speeds for you, which is nice, right? Uh, but what Ija has done, she's, she's given us a little bit of code, which we can put in the EPUBs that will highlight the sentence as you as, as the audio plays it, which I can't even fathom how that works, because I don't know anything to do with this. But Thank you very much for that. That's brilliant. So we'll, we'll, we're going to incorporate that as soon as we can and add that into the EPUB files, which you can, of course, download where the uh, lessons are. Uh, another cool update is I got, well, me and Phil got these, uh, these T-shirts made by another one of our amazing clients, uh, Chad. So thank you very much, Chad, for that. Phil used it yesterday. He did some sort of a presentation about doing business in uh, Chengdu and he wore it and there's a couple of pictures which we can show you as well lovely so we've got some really I'm just so happy I was saying to Phil uh, just before I started filming that you know we've got this such a cool community going um, and it's only going to get better as we get more people it's so cool to watch you guys have, have uh, made the course so much better and I'm just I'm just so excited to see where it's going to go from here. It's brilliant. Uh, also, yeah, just as you might have noticed I I cut the tip of my finger off, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, not does it's not as bad as it sounds. It's just it's a slight sort of shaving. Um, I was in a knife fight. I was protecting a couple of um, you know, damsels in distress. No, I was peeling an apple, and uh, I sliced my <laughs> something off my finger. So hopefully, I won't be too disfigured from that. And we'll be able to uh, <laughs> I'll still be able to make videos just like before. Right, so let's jump into it. Not really any more updates other than you guys are amazing. And uh, you give me a reason and feel a reason to get up in the morning. It's awesome. Uh, right, so as usual, we're going to jump into props. So we go through section by section in the course. Uh, that we have props, we have actors, we have sets. If you're not on the Mandarin Blueprint Method course, you probably won't know what that means, but it's something to do with memory palaces and it's how we learn characters. And then later on, we move on to words and then we can start allowing you to read and listen in Chinese to, like I said, entire dialogues and stories. It's very cool. Lots of people like it. So if you're not on the course, check it out. There's a free trial available. Oh, that is another update actually. Uh, I spent a long time uh, slaving over a new homepage for our website. So I was, uh, I was getting a bit sick of the way it looked. 
So we've got a big update there as well. Hopefully it looks a lot better. And there's a start free trial, big button there, so we can get more people to check it out. So go and check that out at mandarinblueprint.com if you're not already on the course. And if you really want to know, if you want to know before that, you can actually look at the show notes and we have a blog post that explains every section. But I'm not going to go into any more detail than that. Uh, right, so first of all, this week, we've got William Edmedes. And that's for pick a prop for these sort of three lines that are on the top of the character Shue to study. And it's sort of kind of like a claw character, uh, claw uh, sort of prop. And he says, Statue of Liberty, as it looks like a hand holding something up by the fingertips. That works pretty well for me. And of course, Lady Liberty is always holding a torch. And you might think, oh, that's not, not a direct connection, but it doesn't matter. It works for William. And that's all that matters. That's the cool thing about this method. You can sort of tweak it to your own taste uh, very well. Next one is Xiao Tian on pick a prop for Dai, which means to replace. Or it can also mean generation, a substitute. Yeah. Um, an official, that's the man component, substituting a footballer. Okay, interesting. Official substituting a footballer. Oh, I see. So you've chosen the prop, the arrow prop, as juggling a ball, as it or we call it um, playing keep-ups in uh, England. Okay, that works for me. Kenneth Morgan or pick a prop for Jen, which actually has two different forms depending on which character it's in. It says for the first person prop, as in so the sort of the one that looks kind of like an umbrella, that's the usual prop we suggest. Kenneth's gone for Vietnamese sun hat and the second crutch uh, for a crutch, which is what I immediately thought of when I saw it. Yep, that, that works very well. Um, William again on pick a prop for Chou. He said the prop could also have something to do with friend requests. So this character Chou means to ask or to request or to even to beg. Chou Chou Ni means I beg you. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of like a sad yell, sort of like a, a way that sometimes, I guess, Chinese girls talk to their other halves. So chiu chiu ni la, like girls will often, or not necessarily just their other halves, just like just generally it's a thing that I've only heard women do in China, which is chiu chiu ni la. It's like, please, it's sort of that sort of like sort of childish kind of trying to be cute, but it actually does work a lot on guys sort of way of talking. Um, chiu chiu ni la. Um, so chiu means request. And so, of course, as a prop, you want some sort of object or person or animal, or whatever it is, that represents that meaning in some way. Or the way it looks, but it kind of looks a bit crazy, so not going to find much luck there. And he says, the prop could also have something to do with friend requests, which it can. So could it be someone that sends a lot of requests to people? Yes, absolutely. Either in real life, on Facebook, or whatever it is. Yes, someone that's always asking you to do stuff. And it doesn't have to be someone you know. It could just be someone you know of, right? It's a character from a TV show that's always doing that. Um, that will work well. Uh, Sandy, who is doing really well on the course as well, actually. She's, uh, she's on a kind of HS... Well, we're calling it an HSK challenge. She's trying to pass the HSK three in, a, in, a, in I believe, three months. Um, but uh, and I'm, sure she'll, I'm sure she'll manage to do it. Sandy on pick a prop for... Coal, I believe that's coal, or maybe it's way like the surround 
because they look exactly the same, just bigger or smaller. She says SpongeBob SquarePants for obvious reasons. If you look at the show notes, if you know what that character looks like. Uh, another one from Sandy. Pick a prop for this sort of uh, left component. It's usually on the left. Occasionally, it's in one character in the middle. But uh, this is sort of... We, we suggest this one to be, um, I believe, Bruce Lee. Because Chuck Norris is the man component. But this one's got sort of two stripes at the top. So one above Chuck Norris is, of course, Bruce Lee. Because Bruce Lee kicks his ass in like two movies. But she's gone with a different approach. She says huge feather wings because they look like wings on someone's back they absolutely do and i already had an angel yeah as long as you won't get those confused so you have like a specific angel um that's always a good idea to go for it not just a generic angel but like a specific angel there's a movie called michael i think it's called michael with um john travolta who plays an angel or uh, nicholas cage in City of Angels, you know, you have a specific angel or vice versa. For this one, you have a specific, uh, maybe you have John Travolta for this one or something like that. You get what I'm saying? Just as long as I don't get confused, the props have to be distinct from one another. But I'm sure Sandy's got that covered. When I say stuff like that, obviously I'm talking mainly to other people listening, not the actual person. Um, so don't take it personally like I'm criticizing you or something, Sandy. You're doing well. Uh, Natalia Berezina on Pick a Prop for... Again, doesn't really have pronunciation. It's just, we call it mower because it kind of looks like some sort of choppy object. And Nat Natalia's gone for scissors, which is absolutely fine. Um, Sandy, again, pick a prop for, uh, what is this? Yao, right? Forget the pronunciation for this one because it's, I think it's Yao. Or Yao with the second tone. Uh, I imagined a small ant from a cartoon. That's fair enough, absolutely, because it's sort of representing of something small. That works well for me. Liam Wilkinson on Pick a Prop for Yen, which is a character that represents speech. Basically, that's what it means, is the character. And it is used on its own, of course. Yu Yen means language. And he's gone for Stephen King. So for this one, we thought, okay, choose someone related to literature in some way or speaking in some way. I think for this one, I went for, I think I chose uh, uh, Christopher Hitchens for this one because he's really good at debates. Um, William Edmead is again on pick a prop for Hor, which means fire. He's gone for a volcano or Prince Zuko from Avatar. And again, I'm going to mention this because I love Avatar a lot. The first season only, strictly the first season. But Avatar is available on Chinese video, like TV show, like Yoku, for example. You can watch the entire Avatar series in dubbed Mandarin. It's Taiwanese Mandarin, so it's not to everyone's taste, but it's still, it's awesome. It's very well done. Me and my wife watched that entire thing together. Uh, Roger, Roger Gobert or Gobert on Pick a Prop for Shi. We usually suggest, because this is a tough one, right? And it's a very abstract character. It's a very abstract meaning. So we decided to go for, well, Shi means to be right to be so we thought oh choose Shakespeare to be or not to be right again connect any connection as long as it's even if it's a bit tenuous they usually uh, hold up fine and he says why not two bees and I and then a bunch of French afterwards which I haven't yet translated so I but Roger's a, a good lad I trust that it's nothing uh, uh, impolite um, 
So he says, why not two Bs? Yeah, or just a B, <laughs> you know? Just B, that's fine, absolutely. And this is why I like uh, people sort of thinking outside the box a little bit. And this is, like I said, everyone ends up making, making the hands of moving method, making the, the, the process, sort of making it very, uh, as, as personal as they can, you know, making it their own method, which is great. Uh, Sandy, pick a prop for new, which means woman. And it's used as a component in lots of characters. Sandy has gone for lipstick, which is fine as long as it's a big lipstick. I would be a little bit concerned if it was just lipstick on someone, like just wearing it, you might forget a detail like that, possibly. So if it's just a big lipstick, you know, that sort of you twist it out and paint on the walls, paint on people's faces and stuff, that would that'd be better. It's got to be nice and big, very um, sort of in your face. Excellent. Another one from Erin. We've got loads of props this week. It's brilliant. Erin on pick a prop for Jules Atoll. That's all I know how to say, which is a bamboo, basically, it represents. And it's usually at the top of characters. I think all the way is at the top of characters. First thing that came to my mind was the fighting scene in the bamboo forest in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I can imagine Chow Yun-Fat and uh, Zhang Ziyi, Zhang Ziyi, Plus the soundtrack Tan Dun composed for the film gives background music. Yes, very good. But I also like William Edmides' panda idea. Yes, pandas eat bamboo. And could easily imagine two panda cubs. Why two? Why not just one? You know, simplify it if you can. Wherever you can, simplify it. Guess I'll see which can fit best into making the full character movie scene and choose best based off of that. Yes. But again, I'm, I'm talking to everyone, not just you, Erin, but like, make sure that you don't just change the props based on the character again. Do you know what I mean? So next time maybe you, you come across another character with this component in it and you think, oh, this time uh, a stick of bamboo will work or Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Let's switch it to that now. Make sure you don't do that. Um, but yeah, you can do that based on the first character that comes up, sure. And use that as a way to, to choose the prop, but then that's it. That's what the prop is from then on. I don't want to be too strict about that because I, I switched it up occasionally when I was first sort of learning this method and tweaking it and developing it. So, you know, but as a general rule, try to stick to stick, uh, keep props as one prop throughout. Uh, Natalia Ber Berezina again on pick a prop for UN, which means a few things. Um, we actually, the definition we went with was beginning as in Gong Yuan, which means like, a, uh, I guess sort of the birth of Christ basically. Um, that age beginning. Um, she went with an alternative meaning of one yuan coin. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard to tell. Like you wouldn't be able to tell it apart from other coins, but as long as you don't use like, you know, other other coins in, in your method, or if you do use other coins, they're not silver, like the one yuan coin is. It's just because details like what is um, engraved on the coin and stuff is hard to re remember later on. But I'm, I'm not saying you did that. Um, Fantastic. Pick a prop for Yuan as a Yuan coin. That will work really well. Uh, and another one, I went with a big cooking pot, a big uh, cooking pot cover with a handle. And that's basically what, uh, yeah, it's, it looks like that a lot. And we've gone with, uh, we suggest roof, we call it the roof component. But uh, you've based it on what it looks like. And that is definitely what it looks like. So that works really well. 
Natalia's been giving us loads this week. Fantastic. Um, and it looks like you, you're sort of a bit higher level because of this next one. You say, I heard 原来如此. Oh, that's what it, that, that's the reason. Oh, 原来如此. How would you say that? 原来是这样. The best sort of uh, translation, I guess, would be like, oh, that's the way it is, basically. Oh, I see. 原来如此. Um, it's a very common phrase in Chinese, and it's often used, I guess it's fairly formal, but people can say it in uh, normal speech as well. Um, many I heard it many times, this phrase, um, in Chinese historical TV dramas. So I think of the emperor, emperors or emperors, court minister in old-time fashion Chinese clothes. That works well, and it's so personal. It probably wouldn't work for anyone else, right? Um, but yeah, because this is to choose a prop for the character tsi, which means this. And obviously that's a part of the phrase yuanlai Excellent. Um, the next one here from William for ting, which is sort of like a turquoise color or greenish, more, I guess more green. But uh, he's gone with robin eggs because I guess they have that sort of color hue, don't they, to them? Great choice. Um, Natalia again, I went with for this is for door, which means um, a lot or many. I went with a big glass pot of colorful, colorfully coated chocolate candies like M&Ms. Yeah, that's brilliant. And you could you could use that a lot, couldn't you? Very, you could use that very well as the prop in your um, in in your various scenes. I can imagine that's there's a lot of sound effects you could go with that, like smashing everywhere, eating, throwing. Very useful. Uh, another one, I guess this comes, this is sort of uh, very close to that because it's using a similar component. It's for die, which basically means evil. Uh, Chris Isaac, because of his famous Wicked Games song. That one's completely over my head, but I'm sure a lot of other people get that one. And uh, Erin on pick a prop for mu, which means um, mother. Uh, Claire Dunphy from the modern family show or Rose Wiseman the mum in the marvelous Mrs. Mizell yeah very good very good yeah like it's a good choice not to pick your own mother uh, and this is this is the I never really was that was too bothered about this stuff I used my, my own family in in the method when I did it I think Phil did too but uh this was something I heard from the big boys the guys that the memory champions the athletes that do this for a living or at least for a a very serious hobby um like dominic o'brien and stuff they would say do not use your uh, very close family in your scenes because you know you might have to you might want to make them do some crazy stuff at in order to remember and you don't want to be restricted you want to be sort of be able to be free thinking and be able to flow so uh but yeah either way uh next one alina dana Kuroyan, cool name Oh, and pick a prop for again, not really. As far as as far as I'm aware, it doesn't really have a pronunciation, but it looks like a number four. And it's a very common component in a lot of characters. Does upside down chair look okay for this prop? Yeah, I think upside down chair would be fine. Uh, all I guess it would. <laughs> why not just yeah? I guess just a chair would be fine as well. <laughs> you could do, you could always just use a chair. Um, but someone's always holding it or using it as a weapon in some way, and so they're always holding it up. Or like, it doesn't really matter, to be honest. Um, 
yeah, the chair, the, the, the fact that the chair's upside down isn't that important because it's still going to represent that shape of the, the prop, right? So I think I think we'd be fine. And the last prop of the week here we have is from William again. Uh, pick a prop for well, this this is actually a, on its own. It's very rare. It's pronounced sh um, with a third tone, and it basically means pig. It's one of the uh, earthly branches or something, which is very important in Chinese uh, zodiac. Uh, not earthly branches. What am I talking about? <laughs> Sorry, I'm really not good at this stuff. It's the Chinese zodiac, basically. It's the original. Uh, character represents pig and it's in a few very important characters like um, xiang elephant or xiang to look like or jia home so it's a very important character to learn and it, of course it's going to be mainly used as a prop or a component and because it represents pig william has gone with the genius choice of ham from toy story brilliant well done okay so next here, as usual, we're going to move. As usual, we're going to move on to uh, actors next. So people to represent the initials throughout. And we've got this is usually, I guess, the sort of uh, one of the ones that uh, people comment on the least. Uh, but we've got quite a few this week. Uh, most of them from Erin actually, um, who's coming very close to the end. She's uh, almost got all of her actors all chosen. So first one we've got. Erin, casting call for new, or new, doesn't really matter the tone. Uh, this is sort of a gods or sort of a, a wild card category, actually. They're in four categories, aren't they? Male, female, fictional, and gods slash um, world leaders. But we've also had a bunch of other suggestions since then. So it's kind of a free-for-all, really. Um, but Erin looks like, looks like Erin's gone for world leaders for this one. Uh, and she's gone for former French president Nicolas Sarkozy. Uh, for casting called PI, which should be a female, uh, at least by the way we've structured the course at the moment, a few more ideas, and I don't know any of these names, so if you do know these names, go ahead and use them. But I'm never going to try and pronounce most of them. Oh, Parminda Nagra, I know her. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, from Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah, yeah, okay, now I know. Um, another one from Erin is casting call for Xu, which would be another sort of godlike or a world leader. She says, since this can also be gods, there's also the option of Shiva, Shakti, Krishna, or Vishnu. Several of these could be relatively easy because they're all blue, basically, yeah. That's gonna work well. I think I use Vishnu. Uh, the one with the, yeah, sh sh yeah, Krishna or Vishnu, Vishnu. I can't remember the one. But yeah, the blue, the blue lady with all the arms. I'm going to offend people if I keep talking about gods I don't understand. Natalia Berezina, again, on casting call for P.I. Patricia, Patricia Kass, I don't know that one either. Oh, man, am I just out of touch? Alina Dana Karoyan, again, on casting call for Wu. Uh, General Wodalchi, hist or Wodal Wodalki, historical character mixed with fantasy as played by Lee Min-ho in Faith, a Korean drama. Okay, these, these, these references are way out of my league. Um, Alina Dana Corin again, Lee Jun Ji, using a lot of sort of Asian references. Uh, that sounds Korean again to me. Alina Dana Corin on SH. Oh, if you are Romanian, this is, this is a cool thing that I like. So we've, we've had a couple of French people join and they're saying, if you're French, think about it like this, or especially for pronunciation um, or uh, for adding in a bunch of you know, 
celebrities from countries that we definitely wouldn't know, but will massively help people from certain countries. So please do that. If you're of a certain, if you're, you know, from a non-English speaking country or just a, you know, just not Western in or something like that, and you want to share some ideas, that could really help people on the course that maybe don't get our references, you know, because we give loads of references and ideas, but, you know, they're all based on our culture. So um, if you're Romanian, these might be of help for you. Okay, I'm not going to read those. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Well, thank you for sharing those. Please continue to do that. Erin on pick a prop for Thai. Pick a prop. Let me see here. When I saw stage actor on the Anki card, my mind immediately went to Josephine Baker. Ah, okay. Not only an extremely expressive stage artist, but also an interesting historical figure as well. Excellent. Erin um, again on Carson Call F. I've gone with Philippine Etchebest. Oh, Come on, you're killing me here, Erin. Making me look bad. A French chef who also won, uh, also on the jury panel of Top Chef France. He's got a strong personality and easily memorable face. So it's fun for me to conjure him up in my scenes. That's the idea. That's exactly what we want. Uh, ZH, okay, we've got a suggestion here. It could be helpful to mention somewhere above in the notes that Jackie Chan is the actor suggested for the null initial. I'm not going to bother explaining what that means. You'll know if you come on the course. But basically, he's the fixed actor for that thing. We said everyone just choose Jackie Chan for this thing, right? I had chosen Jackie Chan for my ZH actor. Oh dear. And could have chosen another for the initial, null initial, but I'm short on time and nothing else was coming to mind. Luckily, I hadn't filmed many scenes with Jackie Chan as the ZH actor, so I just went back and refilmed this character. I love that. With French actor Jean Dujardin as my new ZH actor. I pronounce his name in my head with exaggerated English speaker's accent, speaking French to get the the ZH sound. You can use my rubbish uh, pronunciation just then as well if you want in your <laughs> in your mind palaces. Yeah, sorry about that. I get. I, I I thought we mentioned it somewhere in the video when we made made the video for ZH casting call, but maybe we didn't. Maybe we didn't do that. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. But luckily, these scenes are easily um, refilmable, and uh, I'll make sure to go back and check uh, after this podcast is over and i'll make sure that there's at least a big note in there with red writing saying don't choose jackie chan just in case this happens again uh, one more actor uh actor choice from john sprague casting call for cool which should be a fictional of some kind fictional actor david carradine was kwai chung kane in kung fu the horrible old tv show from the early 70s i only know that reference from office space uh, his master was named Po, too. I never saw Kung Fu Panda. Thank you, John. Now, as well as having loads of uh, prop suggestions and loads of, and these are just getting, these are getting so many. And I, we, trust me when I say we want them. We want as many as we possibly can. Uh, but uh, we're, we're getting more and more every week, and it's very exciting to see. We may have to start splitting this into two podcasts because we've got so many suggestions every week. And we do want to read every single one because it's, we know it's going to help. Uh, and it's it's awesome to watch this sort of stuff develop. So uh, the amount of movies, movies we have this week is it's a little bit crazy. Xiao Tian on make a movie for huo, which means or, O-R, right? And again, this is one of those first first glance seems really abstract, really tough but it's not if you actually 
follow the follow the method and you take our suggestions and or, you know follow uh, see where it, see where it goes and keep an open mind so let's see how Xiao Tian handled this rather tricky abstract uh, keyword meaning Harry Potter is in my backyard frantically trying to solve a puzzle that will open the Rolling Stones mouth so that's the little coal in that character so it can breathe he's holding a sword and a halberd next to the mouth poised to strike the lock that has sealed it the wrong choice will pop the mouth pop like okay all he knows is that he can only use the sword or halberd this is this is exactly not exactly but this is pretty much what i because you still remember your scenes years later for some characters a lot of characters and this is some i chose a very similar thing with homer simpson instead of harry potter he was choosing between the halberd and uh it was that well, mine was a razor blade not a sword but yeah fantastic i love it it's uh, bringing back some old memories for me so he knows that he can only use the sword or the halberd because the puzzle is <laughs> the edgy tongue gets to the point edge refers to the sword and point obviously halberd i really like that what you did at the end you don't need to do it though you don't need to worry about that level of detail don't worry about the backstory or the why but i love that you did that because it just shows that you're just so into it that you're 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 it, it's, it's great to see I, I like seeing it but please don't feel like you have to add that level of backstory or detail um you just need to have harry potter going hmm hmm and he, maybe he's nervous you 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 show all these back background details like you like the one that you added at the end there like the 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 rhyme and stuff it's fantastic but you could get the same point across with having him look tense like really show acting skills acting techniques or whatever they call it in the business and that gets that across yeah um william edmini's on make a movie for shui this one's a simple character but i couldn't resist that means water by the way uh i couldn't resist sharing the scene as everything comes together quite beautifully so we've got shrek that's the shu lounge of the ei set a so we've got oh yeah shu a shui props are spock the little pointy ear the hockey stick for obvious reasons and ice skates because that represents ice that component let's see what he's done with it shrek and spock are playing ice hockey with each other they're so evenly matched shrek with his strength and spock with his intellect that they soon begin to play so furiously and quickly that the ice begins to melt beneath them realizing that the living room is now flooded with water spock and shrek both hold their skates in the air as they don't want to get them wet lovely little touch at the end um that's a detail that again it that actually does add to the story you know that actually adds to the scene and makes all the other props and of course the keyword representation of water all the more memorable so that's an example a really good example of adding details that you get yeah, sure you can not have it in but it really it really enhances the story it has a function a solid function in there which is great and yeah i see what you mean about that just sort of coming together right Xiao Tian again on Make a Movie for Dan, uh, sorry. Uh, which means to Cheng Dan, it's like to undertake, I believe. 
to like take on a task or to like to hold a burden. On a dare from his uh, bandmate, Dave Matthews, that'd be the D uh, actor, sat in front of my apartment taking on taking on the huge task of incorporating a foam finger and a rooster into the lyrics of his next release. For inspiration, he propped up a foam finger next to a rubber chicken. Ah, that would be the, the, the rooster reference, I suppose. And jammed on his, uh, the rooster prop rather, and jammed on his guitar, singing unintelligible gibberish until daybreak. So you've got two references to Daybreak. I'm perhaps missing something here. I might be misunderstanding. Um, let me just read that again. So I sat in front of my apartment, taking on the huge incorporating a foam finger and a rooster into the lyrics. So you've got the foam finger and the rubber chicken. I guess the rubber chicken is representing the uh, rooster, that which is basically the the, uh, the the sun rising over the line there. So you've got that. That's the right side component. The foam finger is the left side component but you have daybreak in there as well. So daybreak also represents the right side component. Um, that could that could work, yep, that, that's absolutely fine. Just, again, it's, it's a detail that uh, may enhance the meaning, right? Because it's such a long task that it's, if, it's, if the sun is there to represent the idea of passing of a lot of time, because he's working so hard on this big task, that, that works really well, actually. I was mis I misunderstood because I think, I thought you were thinking of two things to represent the same component. I don't think you were, so that's fine. Okay, the next movie we have is from Chris Boyd, and he's on Make a Movie for Zhi, which means only with that pronunciation, or Zhi, which means a measure word for small animals. And the way he says, the way I remember this was, I'm in my childhood bedroom, third tone uh, of the childhood home, and my dad's friend Jack, I guess Jack is the ZH uh, initial, comes in and sees a giant snowman with a giant mouth. So I guess that's your representation of the mouth component. He looks at it and says, what the heck is that? Uh, then I then say, it's only a snowman, calm down. It's only a snowman, calm down. Now, that's such a common way of using the word only. Hey, calm down, it's only a snowman. It's only a snowman, that, that could work. It's not that visual, but it, it could be with the right gestures and the right facial expression. So I've got no problem there. Well, the one thing that I am a bit confused about is where is the animal legs? I'm missing that. She's a giant snowman. And again, maybe maybe miss me not knowing what you're doing there. Maybe the, maybe the giant mouth is separate. So, and the snowman is the, the two legs. I'm, I'm not sure what your props are. So it's always a good sort of practice to list your props um, just so other people can learn like easier from from your story but i like that idea of because i don't think that's been suggested yet actually that way of saying hey it's only blah 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 so a good way of connecting to that rather abstract meaning ah right so the next one we've got phil's in this one so william again uh make a movie for fung uh which i guess means abundant abundance is a, a rather rare character mainly uses a component in other characters, but it is still a character and it's, we need to learn it. So the actor is, is a f character, it's Phil, our Phil. Uh, set is outside the entrance of his ENG set, so ENG, Fung. And props are a crucifix and uh, 
Oh, nice one. Yeah, he's chosen for the the character, so for the prop that represents number two in Chinese, which is just two lines, he's chosen Tweedledee and Tweedledum, which scared the crap out of me when I was little. <laughs> I gotta say, I remember seeing that Alice in Wonderland, they used to freak me out. Um, <laughs> Phil and the twins, let's see how he, how he does it, how he represents the idea of abundance, which is the meaning of the character. Phil and the twins were having a meaningful conversation when they both started to get hungry. Phil noticed that there was a giant crucifix at the start of the driveway. Looking too heavy to move, he decided to kneel down and pray for food. Suddenly, a nice steak appeared, then two, then five. Soon the twins joined the prayer and the prayer session, and before they knew it, there was an abundance of food. Yes, simple, fast, it gets to the point, nothing uh, there's no fat that there's no there's no extra stuff that doesn't have to be there I've, you can always add stuff but yeah um that is a very well-made scene alina dana Kuroyan on make a movie for Jie. uh okay so firstly i thought under the umbrella there are legs animal or human but then i observed the difference hmm yeah it's not quite legs uh, but this confusion made me wonder if I could make a prop for sort of the samurai sword and um, and the straight line, like the stick. Like, for example, pirate legs, one normal leg and one wooden leg for the stick. Okay, Alina, I know what you mean here. So you're saying that it doesn't look... So can I make a separate prop for those two together as one? Well, we always think about these things. We, me and Phil, we thought about these decisions a lot whilst making the character order. Is it worth making a prop for these two? And the answer for this one is definitely no, because these two, like the curved sort of samurai sword and the stick, are together in, and they're, but they're only really together in this one, and then maybe I think one or two other characters, but way less common characters. I can't think off the top of my head right now. Um, it just wasn't worth doing it. So it's best to keep it separate for now. Um, you can always, there's a lot of freedom to this method. So you can do that if you wish. You can create a separate prop. But from our perspective, there's no point creating a separate prop un unless it can be used quickly, like soon, to make at least two other characters. Like to, you know, it's not going to be worth it. Jie, um, actually, though, Jie as a whole is used in a few characters. But um, anyway, so no, don't worry about that. Uh, have faith in us that we've uh, we've cho made these decisions. We do not make them lightly. Every single decision that we, we've made throughout the course is really thought about. Um, yeah, we made some mistakes here and there, but this sort of stuff, you know, uh, we've uh, we're pretty we're pretty confident we got it right. Um, all right, so got another couple here. Erin on make a movie for Tai, which means a few things, but basically means presently, like present or um, located. So let's see. Zach Galifianakis, obviously he's the Z uh, character, actor, is in the bathroom of the little house we stayed in in the Highlands, so that's A-I, I, Highlands of Sri Lanka, the AI set. He's shaving very carefully with a gigantic razor, that'd be the horizontal line, when suddenly the electricity goes out, which actually often did when we stayed there. Really nice touch. The camera then goes left to Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson's the uh, the male sort of man component who was taking a bubble bath before 
all the lights went out. He stretches his head around like the mum from the Incredibles movie. Fair enough. And asks, hey, Zach, where are you? Then Zach Galifianakis takes a handful of magic soil from the pot next to him. So that would be the tall component, soil from the pot. Maybe the soil and pot together, I don't know. He then throws it on the ground, making a puff of smoke and light. When the smoke clears, there's a spotlight on him. And a giant soil-made X marks the spot underneath his feet. Zach says in a funny voice, I'm right here, silly. So that's very good. You've used... I, it's just you've dressed this one up really nicely. You've got like some some smoke and lights and uh, stretching of necks and stuff. Uh, I hope that all came naturally. Again, like I love people adding details, but please don't do it if it's not doesn't come naturally. Don't try and rack your brain to come up with all these different ideas. If that came to you, that's really good. It's going to really make that scene vibrant and memorable. Lovely. And of course, the X marks the spot is a really good representation of located somewhere isn't it i really like that one and I, i'm right here silly i love that you just uh, that's exactly how zach would say it as well <laughs> william admiri's on make a movie for xing which means star and he says this scene definitely writes itself when you have the sun turn into the famous star of bethlehem and have your actor bring some offerings for baby Jesus. Yeah, but, uh, oh, so, I, I, of course, yeah, because William, you, I believe you chose um, baby Jesus for sheng, which means to give birth. It's like the most famous birth in human history. So, that's fantastic, yeah. You're right, that does write itself. That seems to be happening for you a lot, doesn't it? And I think it's because you followed, not obsessively, but you followed our instructions to the letter really well. Um, and you've built a very good foundation upon which things just start coming to you now. Um, you've obviously thought about how you're select selecting your actors, how you're selecting your sets, your props. You've really thought about everything and you've made it as personal as you can. And I don't think it's an accident that everything's sort of starting to just, the scenes are just starting to come to you. It's not just because you're smart, it's also because you've chosen, you've clearly chosen stuff that means something to you personally. And you should all take um, take note of that and, and try and make, you know, even if it takes you a little while, it takes you a few minutes to choose an actor. Don't make the mistake I did. Like when I, when I went through this, I was like, oh, I guess I'll choose uh, that girl from Kill Bill or what's her name? Uh, like I didn't even, I didn't really care about a lot of the people that I chose. I just wanted to get, get going, you know? But it does make a big difference. It just, because you know these people, you know these objects, you know these actors, these uh, places and Memories and emotions just write the scenes for you. You know, it's just very good. Okay, next. Uh, oh, Chad, yeah. Chad Wrestler. Thanks again, Chad. Um, make a movie for zi, which, means, uh, which means character or letter. Location, childhood home, backyard, of course. Uh, Billy Zane is the Zane. Uh, that'd be the, uh, I guess, yeah, yeah, that works. Uh, Macaulay Culkin and cooking pot lid. So Macaulay Culkin represents the that that part because that's child, and we always ask to hey choose a child that is like the epitome of a child. Like the one who do you think of? What act, what, what character do you think of? I went with Haley Joel Osmond from Sixth Sense. You get the idea. 
Uh, I'm hanging out in the backyard of my childhood home with Billy Zane. He tells me he scored a gig on Sesame Street and he's going to be doing the letter L. He asks if he could practice his skit for me really quick. Um, Macaulay Culkin shows up and Billy Zane grabs a lid from one of my cooking pots. He puts the cooking pot lid on Macaulay's head and, a dra and drapes a giant letter L on him and says, L is for lids, kids. And what do we put lids on? He and Macaulay then go to a list a bunch of stuff with lids. He asks what I think of his letter presentation and I tell him it's decent. Yeah, I really like that one, uh, Chad, well done. And that's a really good connection to a fairly abstract concept of letter, right? Like how can you represent a letter? Because that might drive people a bit crazy, right? Or at least at first, because like, okay, well the whole point of these memory palaces is that we are really bad as human beings as remembering digits or letters or shapes, uh, like, you know, 2D stuff like that, like uh, information like that. So how if I show a letter what if I forget the letter and but the whole idea is that it's the concept of a letter and Sesame Street having the whole thing being themed on Sesame Street is a really good idea as a, a solution to that problem of abstract of being too abstract awesome we've got one we've got one more scene here and it's from Chad again on make a movie for ding I guess which means uh, confirm yes confirm Location current home, where I got engaged, E-N-G, or I-N-G. Um, Diane, current landlord, cooking pot lid and rocket launcher. Yes, great, this will be fun. Uh, in my backyard, I hear a knock at the gate. I'm my, it's my landlord and she states that she did not receive, receive this month's rent and is here to evict me. She pulls out a rocket launcher, as you do, and sets it on the ground and puts a cooking pot lid over the barrel. She says, I have 10 minutes to confirm payment was mailed or she will blow up the house. I quickly call my bank and ask them to give me the confirmation number. This could be a cool like sort of tense scene with some music going on. Um, give me the confirmation number from the check that was mailed. The lady said she will read it off and I put her on speaker to on, on speakerphone. The teller reads off all the numbers and my landlord looks at me and says, confirmed. And she packs up the rocket launcher and leaves. Yeah, very good. And again, of course, you're going to have lots of um, uh, gestures and facial expressions, maybe even theme music there to show like tense music to show that, yeah, she, she will blow up the house unless to, to show the idea of confirm, which is again, an abstract concept. But the idea of like confirmed I think is shown very well in there. And Chad tends to do this similar to Ija, which is a good, again, kind of like a, I guess you could say a fail safe, is show the meaning in different ways, several different ways throughout the method, throughout the movie scene, um, just to just to really make sure you don't forget it. And don't, you know, don't, again, don't strain yourself to do that. I know Chad has said that he doesn't strain himself, it just comes naturally to him, which is good. Um, but uh, it's always nice to try and put in more than one sort of reference if it's a more abstract keyword so well done um great so that's all the movies we have this week so in this final section of the podcast we're just going to go through some sort of random questions we've had this week uh so let's start with garth grescue again sorry garth i'm just gonna call you garth because uh, i can't <laughs> i clearly can't pronounce your last name um i always look forward to seeing your name because there's always going to be something 
funny or interesting after it. Uh, I like this review of Theory. This is for Make a Movie in Hua. Uh, he says, I like this review of Theory, frankly, because I don't practice enough. But it is good to relearn the props that build new keywords. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for a young fella, Phil is very savvy, savoir-faire in brackets, and articulate. Must be the jazz training. And people tell me I'm too critical, whatever that means. No, not at all, Garth. Not at all. Um, thank you very much. I always, like, I always look forward to your comments. Keep them coming. Uh, Alina Dana Kroyan on Make a Movie for Xiong. She says, my elder brother is already an actor. I'm afraid of confusion. Maybe I should change the actor, but I've already got used to him as an actor. I was talking about choosing a prop. I see now after two, two days, I've put a comment on the wrong video. Yeah, but it's all right. I don't know how to delete it from here. It's okay. Um, so yeah, my older brother, this is sort of supposed to be in the actor's section, no worries. Um, my older brother's already an actor, I'm afraid of confusion. Ah, so yeah, uh, that's fine. So in this sort of situation, uh, you can just choose another older brother from a film or from any work of fiction. Who has played, like think of a character that is an older brother. So Bart Simpson is one that comes to mind. If, you haven't, if you've already used Bart Simpson, go for someone else. Um, there's a bunch of like very sort of uh, famous and well-known in pop culture, older brothers that are in a lot of films and TV shows. You'll think of something, you'll think of something. Just do a Google search if all else fails. <laughs> okay. Daniel Leo Simpson, again, always looking forward to hearing from him. Oh my God, this is so funny. After completing this lesson, I thought, well, I get it. I just continue to mark down on my Excel file, the actors, sets and props, and I'm off to the next character. Sound familiar? Well, it must have because 10 minutes after completing lesson five, I get an email that says, you have reached the stage in the course where watching the videos may be feeling unnecessary. After all, how complicated is it to select an actor or pick a prop. <laughs> oh my God, how did you know, LOL. Okay, okay, I will continue to go through the lessons with videos and really do it right. Thank you. Um, thanks for the great course. I told you at the beginning, something wonderful is going to happen. Yes, you did, I remember. And I certainly have been disappointed. Good. I was thinking this morning, it's not that the course is difficult. The truth is the course is actually very simple pretty straightforward, but people's ability to follow through and stick with something can be a challenge, absolutely. So day by day we go. I don't want to look back and think, gee, I should have stuck with this a year ago. Imagine how far I'd be today. So just stick with it. And then he adds a little bit of wisdom on the end. It says, Charlie Chan say, best time to plant a tree, 20 years ago. Second best time, today. This is such a good point. Thank you, Daniel. Um, no matter how good we make the course, we're going to keep improving it and keep adding content to it. And it's already the best thing out there, in my opinion, um, for learning Chinese, hands down. doesn't matter because if you, well, it does matter, but the most important thing is sticking with it. So no matter, even if something's really effective, you know it's going to work you still need to build the habits. We've got some stuff in the course about habit building. Phil's made some really good videos on that. Um, but you, 
make even if you know it's going to work you you can make the time it's still hard to do it it's still hard to maybe get up a half an hour earlier or cut out youtube for half an hour or an hour a day or stop watching your shows at the end of the night and instead do something more productive it's difficult right or wake up in the morning and do anki this is why most people do do their anki in the morning and quote get out of the way it sounds kind of like a chore but as sydney said in his uh, case study it, it is a chore but it's it's a very rewarding chore you know and uh yeah like you're going to be like you don't want to you don't want to have that regret of uh, i wish i'd have started a year ago and it's the same thing with lots of skills and i will i will admit right that and i said this to a lot of our clients back when we were doing live classes because that was a big part of it a surprising number of people would show up to the live classes that's, that's you know getting out of your house taking a taxi or traveling across the city and coming to see phil and i for live classes once a week for like seven weeks it used to be or eight weeks people would do that and then after that they would and they would pay us a fair amount of money right to do this so these live classes and then they wouldn't learn the method and then a year year later some of them would start and they would come back to us and they would say, i wish i'd have just done it when you asked me to you know but it's just natural i'm not judging anyone for it i do the same thing you might if you if you've been watching our podcast you might re recall me saying oh i'm learning spanish I'm, I'm gonna you know try and get fluent as quickly as possible i've uh, i've let spanish uh, spanish uh, fall by the wayside you know i can't now my habit of learning chinese is so strong that it's hard for me to stop learning chinese or not stop but learn less chinese and you know start learning a new language it's just difficult for me because it's just something new and i know how to learn languages effectively but it doesn't help <laughs> your, your brains are not logical our brains are not logical right they don't just listen to reason they listen to how you feel most of the time it's gonna be tough but yes guys if you're watching this and um you find that you're not on the course yet or you've started the course but you're sort of <clears throat> you know you're letting yourself sort of uh uh, you haven't done your Anki and you saw your Anki build up, your, your flashcards, and you saw the number and you just said, okay, I'll put it off for another week. Forget it. I'll just not bother. Try and get back into it and try and maintain it. Even if it's just half an hour a day, it will pay off hugely, obviously. And I will say this as well. I, I've said this before. Another thing I used to say to our clients is like, look, I realize that Chinese is at the top of the Maslow hierarchy of needs, Right. You got to take care of your food. You got to take care of your family, your shelter, and all that sort of stuff. Once that's taken care of, then maybe you can focus on hobbies and and bettering yourself, self improvement, self actualization, or whatever the top one is, right? Um, but if you have all that stuff taken care of, and you're and you're spending your time watching YouTube or something, I, I I've done that. I still do that. Um, it it's it's worth just starting off with fifteen minutes a day, twenty minutes a day. You know, half an hour a day then an hour a day and then you won't be able to stop doing it <laughs> then it'll be annoying not to do it like you, you are some of our biggest our biggest fans julian chad sydney they've they can't stop doing anki you know it's they feel uh they get to 11 p.m they haven't done that you watch uh chad's case study it was like oh, it's 11 p.m right now i haven't done my anki but i have to do anki before i go to bed my what my flashcards you know it becomes a part of you and then you can't stop <laughs> that becomes the problem not starting uh because it works so well
Okay, so anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. Thank you very much, Daniel, for that. Yeah, I always like to hear your comments. Please keep them coming. Um, and uh, yeah, well done with, with your progress so far. It's been really a pleasure to watch. Um, okay. We've got a couple more comments here. One's from John Sprague. Uh, he was commenting, I agree. People from people for actors and places for sets. So it was, I, I imagine he's referring to something Phil said in the video. But my fourth tone is a bathroom, and I'm having terrible times thinking of places with bathrooms. I've only lived at three addresses in my life. So this should be in the sets, I guess, but no worries. That was uh, our fault, not yours, John. Uh, worked at home 30 years, and I'm not very social. I have already used... Every home I can think of, I am using the Outback Steakhouse, Australia, Kangaroo, A&G, uh, for my A&G set. I've eaten there, I haven't eaten there in years, but I remember it well enough. Yes, that's fine. I, I, I used a few things, like my, um, my best friend's house. We used to stay around each other's houses all the time as kids, um, but I hadn't been there in like 10 years, but I still used it because it was so firmly imprinted in my memory. But here's another thing I was thinking when I was reading this for the first time is, you know, you can go outside right now into a shop and just scan it, sort of like Terminator, <laughs> right? Just scan it. And that is now your set. You know it, right? Your memory's so good. That's how memories work. If you walk around and just try and notice as many details as you can, take pictures if you like, if you want to really get familiar with it, review the pictures. But I, I, I mean, I imagine that's what, because this is an issue that I believe I, I, I heard uh, Dominic O'Brien, the eight-time world champion of this uh, memory palace technique. I believe that was an issue that he had as well, or someone similar to him mentioned it. And yeah, he would just go walking around his city and he would uh, walk into buildings and go, yeah, this looks like a nice big place. I can make this a memory palace. You walk in, you look around, and that's now your memory palace. You can go make them right now. He doesn't, I mean, of course, it's not as good as if it's like a, uh, you know, a place that's connected with your emotions and memories, but beggars can't be choosers, right? If you, if you don't have that, then you might as well just go and make a new one out of a brand new place or something like that. Or go and revisit an old place you used to know. So, yeah, easily, easily solved. Even if you're a bit like me, a bit of a hermit, don't get out much, you can always solve these issues. Um, lovely, and we've got an email here from Jamie. Uh, he says, uh, hey guys, just returned to the UK after a year-long stay teaching in Beijing. I'm keen to return to China, but to study Chinese instead. When I was in Chengdu visiting my friend who lived there, I really liked it. And that's because Ch Chengdu is, I mean, it's the best city I've ever lived in or been to in China. That's why I'm still here. <laughs> uh, I was wondering if you guys could give me some info about where you did your studies in Chengdu. Sichuan University. If you would recommend Chengdu as a place to study or if you think you're going somewhere else is in fact better, I'm going to enter in the February semester and complete the Mandarin Blueprint method which I've been working on before then, okay? But currently just looking at all the cities and weighing up choices. Advice really appreciated. Best, Jamie. Chengdu is the place to live, in my opinion. I mean, I, I'm, I'm biased, you might say, cause, but I've been to a lot of cities and so has Phil. And Chengdu is the best in our opinion, both of our opinions. And same with my wife. She's not even from here. She's from Hebei, uh, Shizhuang. And it's like, she's like, there's no better city. Like she's been all around. She travels for a living as well. 
She goes to cities all around the country. Chengdu is the best city. It just is. Um, there's something about it, you know. Uh, I don't like cities, to be honest. I, cities, or at least I don't anymore. I'm getting really annoyed with the, the way cities are. So many people you don't know. You know how how it is, right? I much prefer to live in a place where I was born, like a, a small village, or a small, uh, you know, uh, or even a, a small town, maybe. But as as far as cities go, Chengdu is the best. And as far as studying goes, don't go to any university. Please don't. Like, that's my, if you want my advice, that would be my advice. I would. That's the advice I'd give myself. Uh, Phil stuck it out, and he went to university for three years. I only went for one semester. I couldn't handle it. I just like, nah, this is, this is worse than when I went in England. Um, I don't like universities and I, they're not the way to learn language. They're not a way to learn a lot of stuff, in my opinion. Um, come here. If you need it for the visa, like, fine. But you could, I mean, yeah, that's always a thing. Like, you know, you go to a university, but even that is, is difficult now. Like, you can't, you can't just go to a university, get a visa and not go to classes. You have to go to the classes. Otherwise, they'll, kick you out and then you lose your visa so but if you can get a job that you know you don't have to work very long but you can get you can get a visa and you can stay here or just come in and out on a tourist visa every couple of months that's what a friend of mine does he's a video editor and he just comes here stays two months or even one month now but yeah and then just goes to thailand yeah, as long as you have a, a means of income just use our method. It's way better than anything else. Honestly, I'm not just tooting my own horn. It is. And it's, it's certainly way better than any university course. Universities are not a good way to learn a language. They're not really a good way to learn a lot of stuff, in my opinion. You, these days, you can learn way more effectively, way more cheaply on your own if you know how to use the internet. Then, I mean, unless you're trained to be a doctor or something like that, obviously, uh, or a lawyer or whatever. Um, unless you really need it for the visa don't you know figure out another way to get a visa and stay here um and just use our method and once you know and other stuff there's other stuff that we can recommend you a lot like as support materials but we'll all we'll, we'll be all you need for a good while <laughs> like you know for the first six months to a year really um and uh that's yeah what else do you need what there's no benefits as far as i can i in my opinion this is what you asked for right um there's no there's nothing that a university really offers that you can't find for free on the internet so come to Chengdu come and live in Chengdu if you want to live in a place to study fine absolutely try and figure out another way of getting by getting a visa without going to an awful university and one last uh, email here from John, John Sprague, to finish off the podcast. He says, Phil, the comments you have made in several videos regarding pedagogy, and I'm probably not saying that right, and various programs of study have been rolling around in my head. Do you suppose that there is some perverse masochistic expectation in Western culture generally, or a subconscious Protestant work ethic, if you can't do it right, do it hard, ha ha ha, that pervades educational systems, an expectation that to attain your goals required requires hard work and suffering. <laughs> when, I've, when I just read this, I just thought, because I, I learned recently that I've been reading a lot of um, stuff about schooling lately, um, just general school stuff, and 
I've been getting into this guy, John Taylor Gatto, or Gadow, as they say in American English. John Taylor Gatto. He's all about he's all about uh, homeschooling, and the, he's he's got these fascinating books all about just everything wrong with the current schooling system. And one of the things that he says, I believe, is there's this incredible book that I still haven't finished reading because it's so big. Um, the Underground History of American Schooling. It's fantastic. And in it, he, he talks about the word pedagogy. And it comes from, I believe, the Greek or possibly, yeah, the Greek word for pedagogue. Pedagogue, which, as some of you know, means a dull and pedantic tutor. Is these these people that were employed by wealthy households in Rome and Greece to force their children to learn the things they're supposed to learn? Force, you know, like with very with, with a stick, essentially. So that that says everything, doesn't it? Really, that's what we use, and that's the term pedagogy that we use to describe a system of learning in or curriculum. Um, yes, I completely agree, um, and I highly recommend you go and read some John Telegata if you haven't already. Um, it is such a just I'm trying to get they're very hard to find in I'm trying to find a Chinese copy so I can read it in Chinese but I haven't yet been successful the method so far he's talking about, talking about our course the Mandarin Blueprint method <clears throat> the method so far has been effortless I won't say easy and nor should you because it's not really <laughs> you know you're learning an entire language right I won't say easy I don't mean that passive isn't the word Gentle, I mean, information seeps in rather than being painfully forced in. It's too easy. <laughs> no one got hurt. It isn't taking hours and hours of hand cramping. Misery, bleary-eyed reading. It sounds like you and Luke both did a good bit of that, yet, yeah, and I think it's what most people are accustomed to and expect when tackling a difficult subject. Just my two cents, no need to reply. Well, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And to hear you say that about our method, that's exactly what we're going for. Me and, me and Phil, this is exactly the reason why we spent thousands and thousands and thousands of hours testing and tweaking and, and creating this method. Just, to, just because we were so, I felt, to be honest, felt almost uh, cheat, definitely cheated, not almost, definitely cheated by the system but almost abused by it, you know. Uh, it's uh, the way that we're taught stuff in school. I was taught to hate my subjects. I remember when I took art, because I love art and design. Uh, I'm not like a genius at it. I've never really studied it, but I have a natural affinity for it, and I enjoy it immensely. And everything to do with design, I take care of with the course. Um, but I just love it, and I always loved art as a kid, and like I, I'd sign up for an art class, and I remember... The teacher didn't really thought it was a bit too much of I guess it was like a free spirit. I didn't really like to listen to the rules that much. I just like to draw stuff on tables and stuff like that. But uh, remember, she w once said this. She was talking to me, but she sort of pretended she was talking to the whole class. She's like, "You have to follow the rules in this in this class. Even Picasso could fail this class." And that just, I just didn't get that. I didn't get that. How how. It, even the one of the most famous genius artists of art in, uh, in history could fail art. <laughs> like that just mean that doesn't mean that he's wrong. That means that the the course is wrong, right? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, 
yeah and people especially when it comes to languages which is just it's not about learning facts like I, I can imagine that this like this style of learning this very sort of like strict uh formal traditional style of learning might work for mathematics or science i guess i don't know maybe not even then but um learning something like a language this way it's just silly because learning a language is not learning a bunch of facts and sort of and especially the way that they teach is like you say like, like painfully forcing it in you know yeah i couldn't agree more mate i couldn't agree more and i'm so glad you're getting a positive um vibe from the, well that's, that's that's an understatement you're saying it's been effortless i mean that's just that's amazing so i hope that's uh if anyone's listening as, as i usually say if anyone's listening uh who hasn't tried the course yet and when i say try i mean do 20 characters 30 characters worth of the of the method and then come back to us and if it's and if you're not hooked after 20 or 30 characters and you're not 100% sure that it's going to work for you, we want to know why. We really want to know. Um, because why wouldn't you be? <laughs> I'm sorry, I've, 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 I've bigged up the course way too much. I've been a bit, I'm sort of uh, uh, venturing into the realms of uh, just big-headedness now. So this is just silly. So, But you get the idea. It works, guys. And that's why, and, and John thinks it works too. And uh, give it a try if you haven't already. And I think I'll, <laughs> I think I'll leave it there because I'm just starting to get annoying now. So thank you guys as usual very much for listening. Uh, join us, um, comment. You know, keep commenting on the course. We love your comments, but we only reply using video clips, and it, you know, it can take up to up to a week and a half, maybe even a couple of weeks to get everything sorted and reply to you with the, the specific video clip. If you actually want to reply send us an email like John's been doing here and uh, get in touch with us anytime at contact at mandarinblueprint.com and we'll always answer these emails and uh, you know, have a good week and enjoy, keep enjoying the course, keep sharing your stuff, please share as well as sharing your own stuff that you're making um, and that you're learning on the course, share the course itself please with your friends on social media or something like that, get the word out a bit uh, that would really help us, and a lot, like a lot of people have been doing that already. But uh, you know, if you haven't already, please do. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye bye.